Hello and welcome to Accent of Women, a show by and about women from diverse cultures and languages right across the world. I'm Giselle Hanna. International Women's Day, acknowledged on March the 8th every year, is a day of activism, struggle and the continuation of the global movement to end sexist oppression. Today's show is a dedication to all women globally, struggling for freedom, equality and peace. On today's show, we turn our attention to Filipina women and their specific issues. My guest today is Ness Govanzo. She's an organiser in Gabriela, a grassroots-based alliance of more than 200 organisations, institutions and programs based in communities, workplaces and schools throughout all regions and major provinces and cities in the Philippines. Gabriella also has chapters in eight countries outside of the Philippines. In the second part of the show today, I'll bring you two speeches by Filipina women given at the Melbourne IWD rally, including Ness Govanzo. But first up, I interviewed Ness a few days before IWD. I started off by asking Ness what the main demands are of the women's movement in the Philippines. Um, for, the, for these two years, it's much connect, connected to the um, pandemic. So the first one is for the cash aid of 10000 to be given by the government and, of course, for workers for the regularization wage um wage increase in benefits and also the most important thing is the um, top of the red tagging activities of the government um, because there's a lot of um, activists that are being killed and jailed at the moment. Well, speaking of that red tagging, we do know that Duterte, as a murderous president in his war on drugs, he's been targeting unionists, leftists, human rights lawyers. Uh, are women, feminists, people that organise against sexism, are they also targeted in this red tagging and war on drugs? Yes, yes, yes. So there's a big number, even just the statistics say for peasant women, there were 78 already just this past year that are currently languishing in jail due to trump-up charges. And also there are more... Um, Unionist women who are um, who are in jail at the moment, together with their children, and um, a lot of them have the same reasons: trump up charges. They were planted with guns and rifle grenades. Same judges that have released um, warrants. There are also cases where it is warrantless arrest, and a lot of them has a common denominator. They're all leaders in their unions and they are leaders in their communities and organizers. So um, th- as far as I know, since I became activist since in 1997, um, Duterte is the most macho fascist um, president that the Philippines has ever had. So he continues to um, belittle women on national television, even the vice president, who is a woman, um, just two days ago, he said he's, she's better off dead, and then he would make comments like, women are no fit to be president, and um, they should just be shot in their vaginas. All of those, yeah, all of those bad things that you could imagine are being said on national television. And, um, yeah, even her own, his own mother, he would say bad things about um, 
his um, dead mother, who was an, an activist during the, um, during the Marcus regime. And what effect does this have on women who are trying to organise against sexism and for equality? How do you defend against these attacks? The, of course, it has a chilling effect, especially that um, at this point, it is not only um, warrantless arrest, but they're being killed. But the um, the women's movement is very much strong. The women's movement that knows that the only solution is to continue to organize, to arouse and mobilize um, women, especially from the grassroots. So that's what is happening. What has happened even during the pandemic is... Um, more are protesting in so many ways, even if it's not, uh, even if it is prohibited to to do the the, the protest um, on on the streets. It's still happening, and there are women um, across the country, especially in far flung areas, that you would see even in social media posting their, their pictures. Some of them have been arrested, even just protesting um, inside their home, you know, showing their um, their pictures via social media. So, um, yeah, there's a lot um, of things happening in terms of organizing. Um, but sadly, even our organization, Gabriela, which for the longest time, it is the only organization that was able to put a representative in the House of Congress, is now being red tagged and being red tagged as terrorists, and they want to cancel our registration. So that that is actually... Um, an issue that has united a lot of women from different walks of life at the moment. So there are more, let me say, celebrities that are now sympathetic with Gabriela and are open with their support. Um, But yeah, I'm not even um, discounting the fact that it's very dangerous now in the Philippines. And in relation to the repression, con- conditions in jails are really tough. We imagine there's a, there's massive overcrowding because of all of these mass arrests that you're speaking of. W- what kind of support mechanisms are in place for women in prison? Is this something that activists do as a campaign, like doing prison support work? Well, what happens usually is... Um it's a lot of ad hoc activities happening. Well, from the side of Gabriela, there was already um, a bill, um, a legislation that was put in by Gabriela Women's Party List um, to protect women prisoners, especially those that have uh, that are pregnant or have given birth uh, in prison. But to tell you honestly, it's a very uh, there's almost no resource, even if there is organizing happening because. When there are political prisoners, they continue to organize inside jails and um, they continue to educate even the jail guards, the warden and all that stuff. Um, But um, just like here in Australia, of course, the Philippines is much on a higher level in using the pandemic to be able to repress even um, people, um, relatives, um, family members that wanted to see their um, jailed um, members of the family so, yeah, it, it hasn't stopped um, in terms of organizing, but it it is very difficult. Some of them hasn't even been able to see their jail members of the family for almost a year. And even um, a senator of the Philippines, Senator Leila de Lima, who was first to be um, 
red tagged and and to be jailed by by the Duterte government because of her opposition to the drug war campaign has been in jail for how many years now and even her she hasn't been permitted for her visitors to be able to visit her really yet it is really extraordinary the um, conditions we subject prisoners to. And, you know, in relation to the overcrowding, uh, I imagine COVID is probably spreading also in the prison system in, in the Philippines. Yes, yes. And and one um, of the cohorts that is usually um, the usual victims are those that are pregnant women or has just um, given birth. So one case is... Um, um, Ina Nasino, who gave birth in jail, um, he she was one of those unionists who was um, put in jail um, a year ago due to Trump up charges, so was planted evidence in in the union office, and um, her baby died actually. So the baby, um, due to overcrowding and also with the COVID, eventually the baby died, and she. Baby River was um, not allowed to be with her mother during the uh, first few months of her life. So that's quite yeah. that's quite devastating. I'm <clears throat> actually very sorry to hear that. Um, I I just returning to International Women's Day, given the you know the maternal demands of women, the anti-prison demands, the anti-red tagging demands. Are you expecting that there's going to be trouble on the streets in Manila and in other parts of the country where women are mobilising? Yes, yes. That's already um, a given. So even just reaching Manila, those because the, the rally would probably be um, in Minjola and then the, the surrounding provinces will be the one who's going to be attempting to go to Manila, will not be able to enter Manila. Even before the Duterte regime, when I was there, it's very difficult to enter Manila in big rallies because um, a lot of the police, including the military, are already positioned in different areas before you even hit the um, the entrance to, to to Manila. And they would jail you, actually. So especially now that there is the anti-terror bill where they could just do warrantless arrest and put you in jail for 24 days without charges. So that's being used massively, especially um, even on, on on indigenous women. So there are a lot of indigenous women who are being jailed. And um, at the moment, there was one who was jailed during, the pan- during last year, the pandemic. It took eight months before she was freed. And she was um, one of the leaders that is very visible, actually, so an indigenous woman from um, from the northern Philippines, so um, a very known area, the Cordillera region, who has been um, really consistent in fighting for the, their ancestral domains in relation to the big mining corporations. Yeah, and one of the big mining corporations in that area is the um, Oceana Gold, which is um, Australian-owned. And on community radio stations right across Australia, you're listening to Accent of Women. That was Ness Govanzo from Gabriella, a grassroots alliance of Filipino women. Coming up now is Ness's keynote address to the Melbourne IWD rally, followed by Steph Rabusa, who is from Migrante Melbourne. From the largest and strongest alliance of Filipino women, not only in the Philippines but all over the world, a militant greetings to all of you here from
from Gabriela. I would like first to acknowledge the traditional owners and custodians of these lands, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging, and also recognize that this land was stolen and sovereignty has never been ceded. This will always be Aboriginal land. I would like to also extend that acknowledgement and respect to all women and children who have been impacted by violence on women and children and also those who have been killed by their intimate partners due to family and domestic violence. We all know that the statistics of one woman being killed due to family and domestic violence is rising. So we have to really up our game in terms of fighting this gender-based violence, not only here in Australia, but all over the world. Another connection that I would like to make is between my home country, the Philippines, and Australia. The Australian government continues to provide military aid to the Philippines. This military aid is being used by the macho, fascist, murderous, terrorist, Duterte government to kill activists, to kill women who have been fighting for their land and for their sovereignty, especially the indigenous women, to be able to protect big mining corporations such as Australian-owned Extrata and Oceana Gold Philippines for continued shame, for continued to wreak havoc on our environment in the Philippines, displacing thousands of indigenous women and children killing them because they are opposing those mining activities. So this is being used, this military aid by the Australian government to the Philippine government is being used to kill all these activists and all these women who have been fighting for generations. And just this December 2020, there was a massacre in one indigenous group in the southern Philippines called Tumanduk Group and where there are nine people, nine indigenous people who were killed by state military forces in the Philippines because they have been opposing the largest mining company in the southern part of the Philippines. And the attacks on women and children continued. Women who are pregnant are being harassed being jailed on fabricated charges. They are being planted with evidence, bombs, and guns. And these are activists who have been organizing. These are women who have been organizing in communities, fighting for their rights, not only for gender, for the op opposing gender-based violence, but also for economic justice. At the moment, there are more than 100 women with their children that are being incarcerated by the macho fascist Duterte regime, one of which has given birth in jail and was not even given the right to, to mourn with the child that was separated from her when she gave birth. Um, she was handcuffed when she attended the burial of the child. And just this Saturday, the macho fascist Duterte announced on national television to the police and military of the Philippines to forget about human rights. And yesterday was the bloodiest Sunday in the Philippines where 24 activists were served, were, we 
charges that they were planted with evidence and nine were killed yesterday, including... So that this fascism and tyranny is ongoing. This is the same sisters, even in Myanmar, in South Africa, in Middle East, and other parts of the world. And here in Australia, there is an ongoing violence, especially on women and children. So we have to really fight um, tyranny and fascism alongside with our fight against patriarchy. Now, here in Australia, migrant women of God background are experiencing so much discrimination even at the point of this pandemic. Now, God women who are on temporary visas, which are the most vulnerable in our community in terms of family and domestic violence, are not even given crisis accommodation when they come to services because they have been abused by their partners. So what are we telling these women? To forget about the abuse? So this is a big challenge for us to really fight with these women who are most vulnerable. And we know that migrant workers who are on temporary visas are the most exploited. During the pandemic, we all know that Prime Minister Morrison announced in April for the international students to just go home. Even if the international students have been funneling billions of dollars to the Australian economy. And it was us who pushed the government and, so and services to give some kind of support to them. It took months, but then it happened. So that's a success. Late last year, there was small support that was given to the international students. But until now, we at Gabriela Star Australia are still saying, you made migrant women, especially those in temporary visas, visible during the pandemic just to add to the rhetoric of suffering. But then, right away, you made them invisible when it comes to economic support. There was no mention about them when the job keeper was put in place, when there was job seeker, nothing at all. So it was the community, it was the grassroots organization who have to step up to be able to help these small, most vulnerable groups in our community. Until now, our call is to provide equitable services to all victim survivors of family domestic violence. Is stop assessing migrant women who are on temporary visas based on their visa that they hold, not on the safety and risk that they are facing. It has to stop now because migrant child women are being killed. They're not even put in statistics. Our statistics that we gather, they're not, they're not anywhere there. So the one woman killed every week, that doesn't include the child women who are on temporary visas. The call for, uh, for equality should also address first the call for equity. So we have been saying we cannot talk about equality if even the issue around equity are there. We are calling for equitable services for all that have been impacted by this forever pandemic, the family and domestic violence. We are also calling for policy reforms. Don't put those regulations, such as the migration regulations of 1994, which is very limited to only women who are on partner-related visas, where majority of the women and children 
that are on temporary visas are the ones impacted and are not covered by this provision. So we are saying expand that policy, expand that regulation. We have to continue to call for systemic changes. This is the time, sisters and everyone here, to up our game in terms of international solidarity. We cannot call for emancipation of women only in Australia. We have to do it with our sister, sisters all over the world. We have to be one with us in calling also for the ouster of the macho, fascist, terrorist, murderous, Duterte regime in the Philippines. Stop the killings, stop military aid to the Philippines. Long live international solidarity, women of the world tonight. Thank you very much, Bess, thank you. Our next speaker is Stephanie Ragusa. Uh, Stephanie is a Filipino community activist, migrant in Melbourne member, and was previously a union organiser. She came to Australia in 2000 as a daughter of migrants. She's currently involved in the Philippine political campaigns concerning human rights, the peace process, migration, and amongst other things. She is currently a member of the Philippine-Australia Solidarity Association, a committee of management member of Asia Australia Worker Links and the chairperson of Anna Bayan Melbourne. She used to be an organiser at the CFMEU, United Voice and the Finance Sector Union. Steph? Hello, good afternoon everyone. Um, firstly, I would like to acknowledge the traditional owners and custodians of the land, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, on which we are gathered today and pay my respects to indigenous elders past, present, and emerging. Sovereignty has never been ceded. It always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Thank you for inviting us to speak on behalf of the women migrant workers that we organize at Migrante Melbourne today. The story of the migrant worker is not new in 2021. Migrant workers especially temporary workers, do not come to countries like Australia because they lead a pampered life back home. They leave their home countries because of the lack of opportunities there. They leave their countries because their own government pushed them to work abroad so they can send remittances back to their families. Most migrant workers go to work in other countries leaving their families behind, become vulnerable to abuse, risk their health and their lives, even just to provide for their families back home. The migrant woman worker especially is subjected to more hardships during this pandemic. In 2019, the Australian Bureau of Statistics said that 59% of recent migrants in Australia were women. Of these women, only 63% were employed full-time. Global data shows that migrant women tend to work in the informal economy in precarious conditions and the pandemic just made it so much easier for them to lose their jobs and livelihoods. The worsening global neoliberal crisis has made migrant workers more vulnerable to poverty and desolation. Here in Australia, temporary migrant workers were excluded in payments like job seeker and job keeper. When Australia first went into lockdown, we had to reach out to the community and ask for donations to help temporary workers and international students meet even their basic needs of food and accommodation because they were struggling very hard to make ends meet. Many of them lost their jobs and most of them couldn't go back home because of the restrictions. 
and also for fear that they could not come back here. If they go home, they would be more than likely to be worse off. Home countries like the Philippines have not sent economic support to those who are stranded during this pandemic. And I'm pretty sure that this goes for um, all um, other home countries. If they go home, they will be subjected to, to the longest lockdown or community quarantine in the world. It is evident that the worsening crisis and this pandemic have left migrant workers abandoned and further isolated. The women workers who chose to stay in, the, in countries like the Philippines and dared to speak out and fight for their rights are currently targeted and subjected to state terrorism. I would like to take this opportunity to pay my respects to the activists that were killed and incarcerated due to trumped up charges. Just yesterday, as Ness mentioned, the Philippine National Police have launched a bloody attack on progressive workers in Central Philippines, where nine people were killed and several arrested, including a woman, Fisher Folk, who was murdered in front of her son. These raids were done in utter disregard for human rights. Despite being subjected to oppression and exploitation every day, women workers can continue to stand up and fight back. So sisters, let us support each other. Let us not forget that every working woman's struggle is our struggle. Let us maintain our collective voice. We are not going to be weakened and silenced by misogyny and vilification. We are women. Today we say, stop the red tacking and killing of activists. Alce Duterte, advance the militant women's movement. Long live international solidarity. That was Steph Rabusa from Migrante Melbourne, and before her, Ness Govanzo from Gabriella, a grassroots alliance of Filipina women, and both of them were speaking at the Melbourne IWD rally. And that's all we've got time for on today's program of Accent of Women. Accent of Women is produced in the Melbourne studios of Community Radio 3CR, with the financial assistance of the Community Broadcasting Foundation. The show is distributed nationally via the Community Radio Network with special thanks to the Community Broadcasting Association of Australia. If you want to hear this show again or any of our previous programs, you can download the podcast from 3CR's website, and that's 3cr.org.au. Go to the Accent of Women page and follow the links to this week's show. If you want to get in touch with the producers of the show, you can write to us at accentofwomen at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter or like our page on Facebook. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Giselle Hanna and I look forward to your company again next week.